Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Wow, there's a nice breeze out there. If you haven't been out this morning, it couldn't be any nicer. And, you know, the sun beat us up a little bit this week. I think in a week or two, we're going to start in the dark. Yes, the days are definitely getting shorter. Fall is here and fall is our spring in the desert. Lord only knows that when those long days in summer come and it gets really hot, you know, it's not so fun for man, beast, nor plant. But as fall comes, and this is really our spring, you know, the weather's changed, you know, the nighttime temperatures are dropping, the days are shorter, our plants are happy. So it's a time to get out and enjoy the desert, enjoy, uh, you know, southern Arizona and all the fun things we can do. It's a beautiful time for uh, for man and beast and plant. And so it's if you haven't fertilized, if you haven't pruned, if you just hadn't wanted to go outside, now's the perfect time. It's the time you plant flowers, citrus trees. In fact, you can plant just about anything right now if you want to put in a vegetable garden and take advantage of the fact that we in the desert grow the winter crops for the country you know now's the time to do it you can plant all kinds of root crops like carrots and radishes and you know you can grow a few you know we can actually get tomatoes to work here through the winter time plant your peppers now if you're going to have strawberries next spring plant those now and then flowers there's nothing like the flower season we have right now especially for geraniums there are not many places on the planet that grow geraniums like we do right here in the deserts of Arizona, and they thrive. You know, with our temperatures, they're perfect. They like it on the dry side. They'll bloom from now till May. Uh, we can mix those in with all their kind of fun things. You can pansies, petunias, snaps, and stocks, and all those kind of good things. But, uh, you know, geraniums are definitely a mainstay. And whatever your dreams are for that garden, it's a perfect time to get out and plant. Anyway, we start off with pretty open phones. We finish up. It's hard to get in. We have the lovely Shira here this morning on Phones and Music. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, or if you're doing something fun different at home, you have a new crop, some way different to grow things here, way to save water, a way to make plants happy. We'd love to hear from you as well. A lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, a lot of plants that we grow here from all over the world. Number to call 602-277-5827. Craig in Peoria. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Listen to you regularly. Uh, I have a issue with spurge and other weeds in my yard. I've been digging like a bucket full per day. <laughs> um, what I have is I have like three weed killers, and since the weather is cooling off, I thought this is a good time to put it on. I bought some fruit lawn weed out at your store. I have some Primec lawn weed killer, and I also have a container of spurge power. Which one of the three would you put on? Well, uh, tell me why you're killing the spurge and where you're killing the spurge first. Okay, I have a yard full. Uh, it's uh, about a 50-foot wide, 150-foot long, long yard. It's uh, mid-iron okay. uh, grass. So this and, is all, all uh, in a lawn area, and do you have shrubs or trees in yeah. around the lawn? I have uh, some big shade trees. Okay. So you can use it, and I'm not sure about each one of those, you know, the formulation in them. So you'll have to look on the label, 
Okay, I am. Okay, you know, I, 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 I have the labels in front of me. Okay, so if they have two four D, two four or two four D is a very good selective herbicide. But are you going to plant a winter lawn, Craig? No. Okay, so the most important thing you can do right now is put down a pre-emergent. And, and here's okay. why: yeah. is because the spurge is only going to last another maybe four or five weeks. And it's going to die okay. anyway in the wintertime, okay? And But in the meantime, you're going to be growing oxalis and some new things, you know, because as the weather's changed, as we talked about in the very beginning of the program, um, the weather's changing. So different weeds are going to germinate in your yard right now. And what you want to really do is stop the germination so you don't have the problem going, you know, through the season for the winter. So what would be most critical right now is to put on a pre-emergent, and if you have one, pendimethalin is a very good active ingredient you can find in some of them. But if you put a pre-emergent on right now, that's going to stop the new weeds from germinating. And that's going to be the most critical thing you do now. Now, anything with a 2,4-D in it will do a very fine job of killing the spurge that's there. Okay, but like I say, the okay. spurge is there. It's not your problem. What I would worry most about is putting on a pre-emergent and then fertilizing right now to have the lawn become as healthy as it can. Uh, we've got about another five or six weeks for the lawn to really grow pretty well. And then it's going to go fairly dormant, and then it'll stay green unless we have a freeze. And if we have a freeze in December, uh, then it'll turn brown. But, you know, okay. from that standpoint, you want to have the pre-emergent down right now, and you want to use a contact herbicide with a you know, with like a 2,4-D will work really well on your lawn, but um, I'm not sure what the whole formulation is in all those different ones. We don't have time to go through them all, but uh, that right. would be the best contract killer. And so you, you got to put it on like early in the morning, and it's still quite just now getting cool enough, but before anything else, I get that pre-emergent down right away. Okay. I, while, while I was at your store, I did buy two bags of your granular pre-emergent. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so that's I'll that's the most that important one to get down right now. And I would still be a little, you know, careful with, uh, you know, the, using the 2,4-D if the day is going to be over 85 degrees. Now, we're getting right down there where it's going to become safer to use. And it does do a nice job of spot killing, you know, all those summer weeds that are left over. It'll clean them right up. Okay. I also have a weed that... It kind of spreads. It's bright green, but then, like in the about ten o'clock in the morning, it has a pretty yellow flower, and then the, later it, the flower closes up. Mm, I've no idea what that. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, Craig, but uh, the two okay. four the two four deal definitely kill it. I mean anything that's okay. anything that's a broadleaf or spreading weed like that, um, it's pretty much a hundred percent lethal. We just have to keep it away from the trees and, and, and vaporizing and going to our shrubs, you know, while it's hot. But it, it's getting cool enough that I think that you know you can safely apply it early in the morning. Okay. I thank you very much. Have thank, a good Sunday. Thanks, Greg. Bye bye. Uh let's see. Next we got Mike and Mace after Michael. We've got wide open phones. Yes, folks, it's the perfect time to give Shira a call. She's back here smiling and uh, the number to call six oh two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTR. We could talk about what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it, when to plant it, why to plant it. And uh, if you've got something fun, different you're doing at home, would love to learn from you. We have uh, a lot to learn here in the Woodfield Nursery Garden show. And uh, that's what makes gardening and cooking fun is that we don't uh, try something a little new, a little different once in a while and have some great successes, you know, mixed in with some failures. Uh, you know, life's just boring. Anyway, Mike and Mesa, good morning. Good morning, uh, Brian. You're doing okay this morning? Wonderfully, sir. And you? 
All right, I'm doing good. Thank you. I, I survived uh, an ugly football game that I watched last night, but you know those things happen. <laughs> yeah, I know how that is. Yes. I, uh, Sun, Devil, the Sun is, Devils did well, though. Sun Devils, yes. My question involves the uh, navel orange tree. I have a mature navel orange tree that, by the way, in January I cut out a the uh, root stock that was 20 feet tall and I thought it was a tree. You had told me to do that. And the tree now has produced tons of oranges because I did that. But that's not my question, but that did work excellent because I cut the root stock out. And, but I was doing a little trimming again the other day, just the suckers and stuff coming off. And I see this thing that looks like a combination of its a uh, dead little branch or maybe bird droppings and I go to get it and it's a caterpillar. It's a little one inch like gray white caterpillar that's on the tree. Is that a problem for me? And do you know no, what that you know, is? It's, we, we call them turkey turd caterpillars, but um, it makes a beautiful black and yellow butterfly. And they, they feed here on citrus. And when we had a lot more, you know, the valley in citrus, that was a very common butterfly here. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, it's not going to do enough, you know, feeding on your tree to make a difference, but, uh, definitely leave it alone then. I would. It just reminds me of growing up here and, you know, and being growing up in a citrus grove and having them around. Now, if, if it's annoying you, you could take and put it on your neighbor's tree and there's a good chance they won't notice it's there and it could cycle <laughs> over there in your neighbor, neighbor's tree, but they really won't eat enough foliage to make a big difference. All right, I'll leave it alone. And it was kind of like, I was like, man, you talk about good camouflage. Oh, no. I, <laughs> Who would want to eat that like, thing? <laughs> no. Exactly. It looks it, it looked like a combination of a dead little branch and bird droppings and whatever. Yeah. So anyway, okay, that was my question. I'll leave them alone then. Yeah, they're you know they're pretty you know they're fairly common here in the valley, and they make a beautiful butterfly. And they used to be a lot more common, but uh, you know it, it's one that I would leave. I say if it really annoys you, just just go over at night and put it in a neighbor's tree. No, no. <laughs> All right then. Thanks, hey, Mike. Thanks, thanks for calling. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We've got wide open phones. We have Shira back here smiling. Give her a call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Shira and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
beautiful Sunday morning. Unfortunately, they slipped in a commercial of, that was a political ad here. And, you know, I've asked the station here at KTAR not to run any political commercials during our program. I don't think they're beneficial to the program at all. And then, and, and by the way, you know, if, if, if the guy's going to have rallies here, he should at least pay for the last ones he had to the city of Phoenix and Pima County. You know, it's pretty embarrassing when somebody shows up here and has these massive rallies and tells you how wonderful he is and can't pay his bills. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, where we don't have political ads, hopefully. And uh, we'd love to talk about what to grow in your garden, how to grow it, where to grow it, how to plant it, why it grows here, why not to grow it. There's a lot of fun things to do. And we are here in such a beautiful state. You know, if you haven't got out and explored Arizona now, the time you could go out and hike in the mornings in the deserts. And, you know, I was watching something the other day and it was talking about palm trees, how they're all imported. And, you know, they came to the valley and some weird story how the first one came from Hawaii. Well, palm trees have been growing here for millions of years. We do have native palm trees in Arizona. And if you like something really fun to do, uh, a tour out to Palm Canyon this time of year is fantastic. So you head out I-10, you get to about Quartzsite, you turn south towards Yuma, you can pull it up on your map, Palm Canyon, you can go out in the desert there. It's a beautiful place to hike. It's a, it's a fun part of the state of Arizona. And yes, palm trees are native, and that's why they became so popular coming up and down, uh, you know, streets like Palm Lane here in Phoenix, and, you know, historically lining the downtown streets of Mesa in Phoenix. And so palm trees, are, you know, and the other thing with palm trees that, that they don't mention often in time is that even our native palm tree the California fan palm. Now it grows in Arizona, but I don't know. California became a state first or something. But, uh, you know, the fruit on those trees was used by Native Americans here for thousands of years for food. And so they have been a long term part of our, our climate here. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, different than some stories you may read or things you may see. You know, palm trees have been grown here in Arizona naturally for, for you know, millennia and uh, are a beautiful part of our landscape. And, you know, we take the hardier palm trees, things like our California fan palm or date palms. We can grow wonderful food and have great shade and a beautiful landscape. Anyway, whatever you'd like to talk about this morning, the phones are wide open. And as we get to the end of the program, it always gets really busy. So now is the perfect time to call. We have Shira back here smiling. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And this is the perfect time to plant. You know, here in the Valley, we go through these long summers, and it's been a nice one this year. Honestly, I can't say that I remember in August any any nicer or more pleasant with several monsoon rains and really no days over 110. But it's still a big difference when we have days in the 80s, nights in the 70s, heading for the 60s, and our plants enjoy it as well. So if you haven't fertilized, whether it be your citrus trees, your evergreens, or your deciduous trees, now is a great time to do so. If you want to plant a garden, there's no time like right now. You can plant all kinds of root crops. So that goes from, you know, turnips to onions to anything you could think of as a root crop. It's great to plant here in the desert now, but it's also the time for leafy greens. You know, we grow the majority of the nation's lettuce, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, and kale right here in Arizona this time of year. So that being said, it's the perfect time to plant your own garden if you want to grow some at home. And you can carry through tomatoes. If you're going to plant tomatoes this late, look for 
fast varieties, things like Sweet 100s, Giant Cherries, Early Girls, you know, ones that are going to have a short, you know, time before they mature. And if you want strawberries in Arizona, don't wait and plant them in the spring. If you plant your strawberries now, you'll have berries in the spring. Back to the phones. We've got Brett and Scottsdale. Good morning, Brett. Hey, good morning. How are you? Great, sir. So we, uh, we've been in this house about five years in, in the backyard. We have probably a 20 or 25 foot palm tree. And about three quarters of the way up, like a chunk of the tree fell out. Okay. So it's kind of... And so should that be taken down at some point? Or will that continue to live? Or well, Brett, you say a, a chunk fell out. Is like it was a bird nest, or is it one that is a tree skinned? Does it have the bark it's taken off? Skinned. Yeah, with the tree, tree skin goes up about three quarters of the way. There's like a good six inch by 12 inch, kind of like rotted on mm-hmm. the side right. of the okay. trunk. And that wouldn't be unusual in a lot of palm. Is it a fan palm or a feather palm like a date? Uh, no, it's the first one. It's a fan, so it has a stem and a fan. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes yeah, what we see in fan palms, and we see it in a lot of palms here in the valley, is if they've been watered, you know, for years, and then people water them, and then they don't water them for years, okay, and then they water them again, sometimes you'll have a constricted area so that the tree kind of shrinks in a little tighter, okay? And if it's like that, you can have a weaker spot in the tree. And if the tree comes out and gets, you know, huskier again, um, it's from being either transplanted planted when the tree was dry, or it can be from being in a situation where the tree didn't get water for several years. And those can cause weak spots in palms. But typically, um, you know, most palm trees here, uh, Mexican fans and California fans, that's the ones with the regular fan leaves on them, can live well over 100 years and, and be sturdy and pretty healthy. But, you know, if you see one that's got a, you know, something that looks like it's really compromised to you, I, I would be somewhat concerned. If you'd like to send a photo of that compromised area into the website at Woodfield Nursery, I'll be happy to take a look at it for you and call you back. But without, you know, without really seeing it, it's kind of hard to tell how far in the trunk or what what has caused it. Okay, yeah, I'll do that because it's just like it's concerning with the wind. You know, we get those big winds, mm-hmm. and if it falls, it's going to do damage on my property as well as the neighbors' full equipment here that gets on the other side of the wall. So. Well, Brad, I got to tell you a real quick story. So, I, you know, I was one who was always pretty confident in my knowledge, doing different things and this and that. And I was doing a, I think it was Channel Ten. A friend of mine was a photographer there, and we were talking about palm trees. And I was just getting ready to tell him, you know, I've never really seen one break over in a wind like that. You know, I've seen them blow out of the ground and different things. And he had showed me a film and a video from one that was out in the west side of town um, you know out by the golf course in Litchfield and this tree was a massive male date palm that was probably 45 feet tall and over 100 years old and in a huge monsoon the tree was flexing and flexing and somebody was videoing it flexing and it popped and broke so they can break Uh, it's not common but uh, send me a photo and I'll give you my best opinion on it okay Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Gordon in North Mesa. Good morning, Gordon. Hi, Brian. Uh, got a question for you about uh, planting my uh, vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a garden in the same place for about four or five years, and uh, in the first put it in, we got you know great beets and carrots and everything out that we put in. Now they seem to be getting smaller and smaller. So I'm wondering, what should I be putting in the ground that would help? 
things like that. The root type crops, uh, what kind of fertilizer? Well, Gordon, what we're going to look for for those crops is more phosphorus, okay? And if you want to do it organic, what you can use is chicken manure and just turn a bunch of chicken manure or bone meal in. And both those things are very high in phosphorus, so they're going to help those root crops more. But, you know, just kind of rebuilding your soil. And if you wanted to throw some worm castings, things like that in as well, would be good. But you want to really, for root crops, look like for more phosphorus. And if you wanted to do it the easiest way, you could just buy... um, you know, a product that's like super treble phosphate, it's like 450-0, and it's just straight phosphorus. But truthfully, the, the what you get out of using a product like chicken manure or bone meal would probably build the soil more. And you want to just incorporate all that into your soil, you know, to pre-plant it. Okay, uh just work it in, you know, down six, eight inches. Or yeah, just or, work it in because it's going to leach down in the soil. It's not the most soluble, but phosphorus is soluble, so it'll go into the soil. You can just till it in, turn it in the top three to six inches, and it'll be fine. Okay, how about uh, tomatoes, too? It's kind of the same problem. They're not well, having a good, balanced, healthy soil is going to make everything do better. Okay, and uh, and so those are just really good things, and that and that's where the nice part about chicken manure is, is it's got nitrogen, phosphorus, and it also has a lot of calcium, which is especially good for tomatoes, and so that makes you know very valuable in use in gardens. Okay, and one last question on uh, we have a uh, uh, an orange tree that uh, just. Uh, I think we called a while back, and you said it would sound like it has air around the roots, so we filled that in, and it's starting to come back now. And now uh, it's a navel orange, and right at the tip where the navel part is, uh-huh. we get an insect that comes in there and starts eating away at it. Well, uh, what's happened, Gordon, is that they didn't get enough water on them back in June. And as we had the better weather in August and now, the fruit's going to get a little split there. And anything that compromises the rind on the citrus will invite critters in because they like the sugar. So any kind of a minor split, and that will happen with navels. If they if they didn't get enough water in June and July, and then they started to grow and expand again in August and September, then they'll split. And if you get a split, then the, the critters will go right in there. Okay, so is there anything I could spray with or anything? Well, no, you're really not spraying for them because once you've compromised it, you're going to have rot bacteria, all different kinds of things that go, but but a lot of times it's insects. But what what the really thing to do is mark the calendar and check next uh, summer and make sure that your irrigation's deep, you know, in that time of year in June and July and probably more frequent. Okay, uh, this seems to be right right that where that little navel part is mm-hmm. on the bottom of the orange. Well, and that's be. because as the fruit starts to expand, that's where it's going to crack. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> kind of hate to lose them, but I guess uh, we just have to wash them close. Well, you know, we say in okay, farming, Gordon, there's always next year. Yep. <laughs> we hope. All right. Yeah, we, well, that's right. <laughs> There's going to be a time when sometime we don't we don't make the roll call for next year. But you know what? We hope it's no time too soon. And the most important thing is we certainly want to never know that date. Hey, Gordon, thanks for the yeah, call. Right. Have a nice weekend. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Susan, Rob, and Carl, we're going to take you after the break with the news. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we've got a couple lines open, and you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.
gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse. You can whip your Porsche. I've been in a valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, all in my blood. Cheated on my baby, you can go and ask. Me. My life is a movie, but riding in Cowboy hat from Gucci, Ranger on my boot. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no Like a rock star, spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Well, it's a perfect time to take that horse out for a ride on the old time road today. It's, uh, if you're a horseback rider, there's no better weather than this. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We've got Susan Carl, and then it could be you. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Susan, good morning. Good morning. Um, we planted a small new, um, citrus tree back in the spring <clears throat> that's at Tangelo and we've kept it covered and stuff over for the shade for the summer is it okay to take that off now, now absolutely in fact I wouldn't have covered it in the first place but um, oh. you want to make sure the trunk is wrapped to be protected from the sun okay and okay. then uh, aside from that pull the cover off it right now have you fertilized it Susan Yes. Okay, so keep it fertilized. Yeah. This is the last month to feed it. You won't feed it again till February. Um, you might cover it in case of a frost if we're going to have a hard freeze. But aside from that, it enjoys the sunshine. It should never be covered again. Oh, okay. I thought because it was new just for the summer, it needed shade from the extreme heat. Well, you know, citrus grow pretty well here in the valley. Even when we plant our new citrus groves, it always ends up for us installing a new grove that it happens in June or July because we're always so busy with, um, you know, everything else we do in the nurseries. And we have wonderful luck growing citrus orchards here, even planting them in the summertime. So <laughs> leave it exposed. The more light, the happier it'll be. Feed it right now. Okay, if you haven't fed it. If you fed it last month, feed it lightly again right now. Don't feed it again till February. And if we do have a hard freeze, be prepared to cover it and when you cover it for a freeze you know put some supports up and throw a piece of frost cloth or a sheet or a canopy not plastic something that will actually uh stop the cold okay okay great thanks so much thanks susan bye-bye carl up in payson good morning carl hey good morning can you hear me okay very clearly carl okay great hey listen uh, i have some plum trees that i've had for Oh, they're probably, they could be 20, 22 years old or so, but I've noticed that lately 
especially early on in the year, I thought that there was just something funky with the leaves, but I think it's like plum curl, and they even lost some branches. Now, somebody told me to spray um, copper fungicide on there, like right now and then in two weeks. I want to get your opinion because you uh, seem to be very, very knowledgeable. Well, I'm always learning, Carl. I'm I'm willing to learn all the time. But, you know, the tricky part about a plum tree at 22 years old, that's about, you know, what they're going to last up there. So it's not, you know, it's not like an apple tree or a pear tree. Apples and pears can live a long, long time. Peaches and plums, though, you know, somewhere in their 20s up there and in their teens down here in the valley is usually when they go kind of the bad way. But, um, you know, I would really refer to the people up there from the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service there in the county, they're going to have more local knowledge there than I will. You know, most of my experience is here, and now we're gaining some experience, you know, actually at our farm up by Taylor, which is a similar elevation to Payson. But, um, you know, it's just a lot different with fruit trees there. So I would really, you know, consult the Extension Service there. And, and who is that that I need to call? Well, it's the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service, okay? Okay. And, and they have agents all over the state, you know, and it's part of our, you know, the original college program here, and it's set up and it's controlled by the state. And, and they, and if you, if you need to get a hold of your agent, you can call the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service down on Broadway in Phoenix, and they'll refer you to your local agent. And and they're going to give you local knowledge. And, and, you know, local knowledge, because we have so many different climate zones, you know, here in the state would be the best. And, you know, Payson's one of those really unique places where you get more rain than almost, you know, most of Arizona, because the way you sit up there below the rim. And your temperatures are different, too. And we used to grow things over in Chino Valley. But, you know, the difference that you have in rain and things there in Payson make it very different than Chino Valley. Well, that's a good point. But if those trees were younger, um, um, if they were, you know, a lot younger, Mm -hmm. would you recommend putting the copper? Well, copper sulfide, what we use it for is mainly for fungus. Okay, and it does do a pretty good job. Copper is a good fungicide, and uh, it works for a lot of different kind of funguses. What we're using more of now is a product called Monterey Disease Control, and it's a bacteria that also kills fungus and works very well. And um, but you know, copper has been used for years; is a very you know big part of uh, you know the treatment for fungus in a lot of different crops, and especially on trees. Okay, and then in the spring. Uh-huh. Would you also spray it with that? And do you have to spray it before the, the the buds open or anything like that? Can you tell me that? Well, you know, there's truthfully with growing fruit trees, we've never done any free spraying with them, and we've grown a lot of fruit trees. You know, as long as our our, our Soil's healthy, the minerals are balanced. You know, what we find with fruit trees like, like plums is that you want to have enough, you know, iron, manganese, manganese, magnesium, and zinc, have the whole balanced, you know, core of things available to the tree because if a tree grows healthy it really doesn't you know fight off the funguses and things all on its own you know i mean really Uh, really we don't treat for fungus we don't pre-treat for a fungus normally you know might do that like on a on a rose bush you know with powdery mildew or something but you know that wouldn't be a common problem here in arizona because our weather's usually pretty dry and even in payson you don't have the humidity you know in the spring and early early summer the humidity comes with the monsoon in the later summer. So we don't tend to have that many fungus problems on healthy plants. Okay, and you know, you're, you're absolutely right about that because uh, when they were younger, they always looked really beautiful and real healthy. But anyway, 
I sure appreciate your time, and I, I just really look forward to your show all the time. And thank you very, very much. Well, Carl, thanks for calling. And like I say, if you really want to, you know, kind of find out what's really happening with them to make sure that they're healthy, you could test your soil and see what your miners and all your nutrients are. And what we do on a, like an agricultural level is we pull tissue samples or petiole samples, we call them. So we take the leaves and we take a soil sample and then we have our water samples. We run those things through a laboratory. And we find out, you know, how balanced we are. Now, by the time you run all those samples, it'll cost you over $100 to run the samples. But it's really nice to know that you have enough, you know, of these, all the elements in there. And oftentimes we'll find, you know, like at our farm down in the desert, we add a lot of Epsom salt or magnesium because we just don't have it in the water there. And then we end up adding a lot of iron too. And those are still organic things that we add, but because our soil doesn't have them, we have to add them. Now, I'm sure you have plenty of magnesium there in Payson, but you know, it could be the difference in your own lot, you know, versus other properties in the area. And that's why I like to refer to those people for the extension service, because they do have a lot of local knowledge. Well, you know, and actually I'm out here, um, I'm, I'm in the outskirts of Payson and, uh, I live right on the East Verde river. So our dirt out here is actually pretty rich looking. Yeah, I feel sorry for you having to live there on the Verde River. That's that's a tough thing, Carl. <laughs> my, my my heart bleeds, but you know I do have to admit that our farm up in uh, Taylor's on Silver Creek. So <laughs> that sounds pretty good. We, we just we just we just have to drive twice as far to get there. But other than that, you know, it's you know not everybody can live in Pace, and it's not that big. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> well, Carl, thanks for the call, and have a nice weekend. Hey, you too. Thanks again, buddy. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We've got wide open phones again. We have Shira back here smiling. Give her a call. The number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honey Sunday morning and uh, couldn't be any prettier, like about an 8, 10 knot breeze out there and cool and kind of a great day to come out to the nursery. We, perfect time to plant. Anyway, we've got three lines still available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTER. Julie and Florence, good morning, Julie. Morning. I have a plum tree that I planted about two years ago. Um, and it's kind of struggled, but now all the leaves are turning like a blackish brown. And on the stem of the leaf, there's like these round black um, 
uh, I don't know, they're like hard dots or hard like little pebbles. Okay, it probably was attacked by boars, Julie, and it may not make it. Um, you know, the boars go in and with those little pebbles, that's where the sap came back out of the trunk. And um, I, I don't think there's probably a lot of hope for it. But if you wanted to, you could try and treat it with a systemic insecticide. And the tree's natural defense against those is to be real healthy and growing lots of foliage, you know, and protecting itself and being active. But when a tree's really stressed, the boars can come in and do tremendous damage to it. Okay. I would start over, in other words, Julie. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Sandy and Carefree. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have a quick question, and then I'll go on mute. I've got a fig tree that's been in the ground that I grew from a branch, and it's been in now uh, in the ground about a year, and it's grown into a beautiful big bush-looking um, tree at this point. I have a lot of fruit on some of the branches. Uh, some other branches, of course, I don't. And those are the ones I'm wondering, when's the time to trim those back and get rid of those and... Uh, you know, give it a little more strength because the fruit that I have is it seems very dry on the inside and it hasn't matured yet. Well, you know, on a young tree and that can happen, but you're, it sounds like you're done quite well. You know, pretty much all the figs are grown from cuttings the same way you grew yours. So that's the healthy way to grow them. You know, not so much to do with it for this time of year, but what I would do is leave all that foliage on. If you wanted to use just a little balanced fertilizer, for example, a Peters or a miracle Grow, or even a 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer or citrus food, you could feed it right now. Okay, and make sure that it has ample water. So a good deep irrigation about once a week for the next three or four weeks, because we've got about five or six weeks for it to grow and then it's going to stop. And as far as pruning it and setting it up, what you'll really want to do is prune it in January and then you can select some main you know branches and things you want to come out. But, you know, be mindful of the fact that if you want to harvest figs, they're hard to get 10 feet off the ground. So leaving a lot of horizontal limbs on it can be quite useful to your fig harvest. And then what you'll want to do is in January, fertilize it with cow manure. So get a bag of cow manure and work into a well about three foot in diameter, you know, 18 inches on each side of the trunk and work that all in the ground in January and then stand back on next year's fig crop. It should be fantastic. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Javier in Phoenix. Good morning, Javier. Good morning. How are you doing today? Excellent, sir. Excellent. I have a quick question. I bought, I have a, a little orchard I'm thinking about planting. I got about five citrus and a pomegranate tree. And my pomegranate tree, uh, I want to plant it in the corner of my yard. Um, it'll be on the south wall. It'll be about 60% in the sunlight. And I was just wondering if that's favorable or. So is it facing uh, southeast or southwest? Uh, well, it's the the wall goes uh, east to west. Okay, um, it'll be about four feet from the wall, uh -huh. six foot wall. All right, the tree's about eight feet now. Okay, so it'll be mostly in the sunlight, but the base won't be. And I was that's wondering fine. That's, that's that's actually great. You know, because what you yeah. want to do, Javier, is you want to grow it up into a larger vase shaped tree. And so, if the bottom okay. portion of the tree is shaded, so it's going to be on, on the south side of the wall. But no, the, it'll be on the north side of the wall. Oh, the north side of the wall. Okay. And then, what? Yeah. what is it going to have a wall to the east or west side of it? 
No, okay, not at all. So it's just going to be on the north side of the wall. So what it's going to yeah. do on the north side of the wall, it's just going to come out a little bit later because the wall will shade it. But as it gets tall enough and up over the wall, with a six-foot wall is not going to be any problem for the tree to get bigger. You know, it's just going to, pomegranate's going to pass it right up. Uh, so that's going to help keep your suckering down in the bottom to a minimum, which is great. And uh, your tree should grow fine and perform very well there. Excellent. Um, to the about five feet away, I got a, a bank, a row of grape vines. Uh-huh. Uh, is that going to create any problems with the root systems or anything? No, not at all. Watering? No, I mean okay. that's that's about like you're growing a you know a pomegranate in your grapevine or your grape vineyard. So it really, it won't create a problem. The only thing you have to do is keep the vines trimmed off the pomegranate. Right, right. Well, I can do that. I've been trimming them all year. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Javier. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, that leaves us with about three open lines, folks. Perfect time to call. Number to call is 602-277-5827. You know, I forgot to invite you out to Whitfields. At Whitfields, we grow trees, all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to big 72-inch box. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. And if you're looking for one perfect lemon tree for mom, come out and see us. We'll load it up in your car. If you want to plant an orchard, we can help you do that. If you're looking for palm trees, we grow date palms, fan palms, all kinds, Mexican blues. We have beautiful um, Bismarckia palms, pygmy dates, sagos, whatever you want to do palm-wise. Perfect time to plant a garden. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 5.30, Sundays, 10 to 4. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. You can catch us at the East Valley at Cooper, the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight for, south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery now for four generations. We've been growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future next up we got troy and phoenix good morning troy good morning can you hear me very clearly sir yeah i saw something on television the other day uh a group of legislators in uh utah are very concerned about the shrinking great salt lake and they want to build a water pipeline to the pacific ocean <laughs> and pump water and then yesterday you guys played a song for from loretta lynn and there was a different side to her. She was a fighter. She used to have fist fights with her husband. <laughs> yeah, Loretta Lynn was quite a woman, you know, and a uh, very special person. I don't know why they'd want to worry so much about Salt Lake. What we need to do is we need to put a, a pipeline or canal in and tie into the Mississippi River because that will really help the West. And why we need water in the West is because we could feed the country. But anyway, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Next up, we've got Elaine in Peoria. Hi, Elaine. Hi, happy Sunday, Brian. To you as well. I have two questions. Um, one is my grandson and I put up this, this really fun thing that covers all my garden. So it's got the screen over it and everything. Is it too early to take that down, the screen? Well, for most plants, they're going to do better in the sun from here going forward. You know, so okay. for, do, you, do you have a lot of plants in their lane now that are that are growing in there? I'm getting ready. I took my samples to IAS, uh-huh. 
like you suggested. Okay. And I'm waiting to get the, 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 the test back. Okay. And then I'm, one of the things that I like, and that's why I'm calling, is I want to make sure I can put tomatoes in still. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you what, if you've got the framework there, Elaine, you know, for your garden, what you can use that for is to cover it with frost cloth. You know, if we have a freeze this winter, and that way you can carry your tomatoes through the winter. And, uh, and don't okay. forget to plant the peppers this time of year. You know, peppers, when you start them in the spring, take forever. And if you'll start your peppers now, they'll do much better. Can I put two peppers? I do everything in five gallons and then one line my big uh, wood uh, uh, garden and then other kind of containers that are larger. So I do everything in containers. And, um, you know, can I put two uh, peppers in one larger container that's about maybe... Two, uh, two feet in circumference? Absolutely. You know, Elaine, I had a friend that grew uh, tomatoes and peppers, but his big crop was eggplants down in Florida. And he was a commercial farmer, and he grew everything in 15-gallon containers. And he had about five yeah. acres of 15-gallon containers and about 10 varieties yeah. of eggplant. And he had a magnificent uh, crop and did a wonderful job maintaining all that in his container. So absolutely, you can do that, Elaine. And then I also plant broccoli and cauliflower, and I got really good luck with them, and lettuce. And my eggplant made it through the summer. Well, your eggplant, if you got it through the summer, you can keep it, you know, for till next year. So the eggplant okay. and peppers you can keep for two or three years. Okay, cool. All right, Elaine. Have fun. So Sounds like you're doing well. Okay. Okay, thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Uh, Neil and Scottsdale. Good morning, Neil. Yeah, hi, Brian. Thanks Hello. for the show. Yeah, can you hear me? Very clearly, sir. Okay, I've got a couple questions for you. The first one, I didn't catch everything you were saying about the figs. I caught the, the tail end of it, but I've got some Peter Sweets, the late harvest, and they're not ripening. I've been watching them for probably over two weeks, and they're not getting soft. Yeah, I'm not familiar wrong? with that variety. There's a lot of different figs. But, you know, fig quality depends pretty much on your soil quality. You know, so when a fig tree is really happy, you're going to get a lot better fruit. Now, not all varieties produce equally well here. And some just don't do as well in our climate. And I'm not familiar with the Peter Sweet, so I just don't have the ex- personal experience with it. But just in general, you want to keep, you know, really well-fertilized, happy soil for good figs. And that's why, it, for some reason, manure works really well. So I would use that in the wintertime. But this time of year, if you wanted to kind of give it a kick and you wanted to be organic, I'd hit it with fish emulsion. If not, I'd just give it a shot of a balanced, uh, like a citrus food, like a 16.84 with miners in it, and, and see if you can't kick it on out. Because they've got about another you know, probably five or six weeks that you can still pull a decent crop of figs off. Okay, and my second question is, when should I be trimming my lantanas? Whatever you want to. I mean, you're not going to hurt a lantana, even if it's cut back to the ground. The frost isn't going to be a long-term problem for it. Uh, but here's the thing. If you want the lantanas to look good and have blooms for the wintertime, you'd want to prune them now and prune them probably not moderately, not really completely butcher them, because you've only got five or six weeks of growing season left. And where they stop at that point size-wise, that's where they're going to be. So if you want to have you know, blooms that go through Thanksgiving to, to you know, New Year's, You'd want to prune them right now. Okay. 
Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like it's time for the news. I see Susan Monday slipped into the studio. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have a couple of lines available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.